Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. I'm delighted you're here. Today's topic is controversial, but very important. Anyone who's familiar with the Ten Commandments knows that one of them, commandment number five, is thou shalt not kill. Now most of us believe in this commandment. And there of course is some discourse about what does that mean and how does killing differ from murder, for example, as if there was some legal means for taking a life. Well, that's a very human perspective. God loves all life, and God is the creator of all life, and it's never acceptable to take life. Given that one of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not kill, it was never God's plan for Jesus to be put to death. Never. Jesus was murdered. Now, maybe in the time and place, it was considered legal, and so they could split that hair, but I don't. Jesus did not die for our sins. That's not the plan. Well, that begs the question, what is the plan? First, I want to acknowledge that the belief that Jesus died for our sins is a treasured belief, and I respect that, and I apologize for any discomfort that people may feel. But there's a belief and there's truth. And sadly, that belief is not true. But fortunately, the truth is much more beautiful. God did intend for Jesus to save us from our sins by being our teacher and our way-shower. And as teacher and way-shower, Jesus very definitely is and was the Messiah. And he is the Savior. And he is the highest spirit in God's celestial kingdom. And that's true. And that's all wonderful, great news and not any kind of a mythical story. Jesus was an angel on earth. That's who he was, and that's what he was. And his mission was to teach people that the gift of God's divine love is available for all of us, all human beings, without regard to race, religion, creed, sex, gender, or anything else. We are all God's children equally. And divine love is available for all of us, just as it was for Jesus. Now, I know I've attacked a treasured belief, but let's examine it a little more closely. If it's against God's law to take a life, how could it possibly be logical or make any sense at all 
that God's mystical, wondrous plan for saving humanity from sin is to have humanity commit a great sin, the sin of putting to death God's most perfect creature. How would committing one of the greatest sins against one of the most precious children of God save anyone from committing sin? Where did that come from? Well, the writers of the Bible had long-standing traditions of sacrifice, animal sacrifice. We've all heard of the sacrificial lamb. And so they looked at Jesus' death as a martyr, of course, and they called him the sacrificial lamb. That wasn't God's plan. Now, Jesus did sacrifice himself for us. And the reason I say that is because just like we, Jesus had free will. And Jesus could have avoided being crucified. He had opportunities to avoid that. He chose not to because he knew that it was God's law that he not kill. And he also knew that he was a dangerous person in the time. And he was in the crosshairs of the people in power of the time. And it wasn't going to be forever that he was going to avoid the consequences of the choices he was making, which was to go out and teach about the divine love. And he realized that he was either going to have to go into hiding and stay in hiding, or he was going to have to stop telling the truth, or eventually it was going to catch up with him. And by allowing himself to be taken, and it was so tragic what happened, crucifixion was awful, not to mention what led up to it, but he realized at the soul level that by just allowing human beings to do what they would do to his person, to his mortal body, that they would see the tragedy of it and that the consequences of those choices would become most obvious if he simply did not resist. Jesus knew he was in the right and he also knew he was eternal and that only his mortal body could be taken. He also trusted that all things work together for the good for those who love God and in God's perfect plan. And so he trusted that God would find a way to make it all come right. And of course God did because the tragedy of Jesus's death struck into the hearts and souls of his apostles so deeply they were devastated by the loss. And Judas, most of all, and he has his own separate story, which I'd be delighted to share with you at another time, but they were so 
devastated by his loss, crestfallen, broken open, but in that breaking open, their souls were wide open for the Holy Spirit. And that is how they were transformed and received generous portions of the divine love after Jesus was crucified. And it was through the receipt of this divine love that the apostles had the internal um, divine love glowing in their souls, which lent power to their discipleship. And that's how they were able to continue Jesus's mission after Jesus's death. So the tragedy was turned around and eventually it came out right. And it was so powerful of a story that now more than 2000 years later, it's still a very popular myth. So the story's a myth, but divine love is a truth. And just like I say in the trailer for this YouTube channel, there are many truths in the Bible that we love, but some things that Jesus wants to correct, well, this is one of those things I'm correcting today, but the divine love is very true. And that was evidenced not in the crucifixion, not even in the resurrection. Because you may not be aware, but people commonly believed that the soul survived death. There were many, many seers and oracles and people who had uh, what we would call today mediumship abilities where they would hear from the loving unseen. So uh, people felt that their ancestors survived death. So even the resurrection was not really a big critical piece of God's perfect plan with Jesus's life. The teaching about divine love, that was the critical piece. But there is some other truth in the Bible that helps to demonstrate divine love, and that's the transfiguration of Jesus. Now, when Jesus was transfigured, which really did happen, seekers of God at the time were very familiar with the historical figures of Moses and Elias, and they were revered as being holy. And what the transfiguration demonstrated was that Jesus was even more holy and elevated than Moses and Elias, who appeared in spirit form. So they had already crossed over into the world of spirit, Moses and Elias, and the three of them there stood together with Jesus outshining them like the sun outshines a tiny little uh, match flame, right? And that was the demonstration, the visible demonstration of the difference between what we knew before, which was the natural love and the original Ten Commandments, talking about hum human love that we learned through Moses and Elias and the other spiritual teachers, and the divine love, which is a completely separate path that Jesus came to teach. And that's the good news of the gospel. 
Not that you can that the soul survives death. Not that you can be resurrected. Certainly not that somebody's going to die for your sins. No, none of that was Jesus's mission. Jesus's mission was to herald the fact that God was willing to share the very essence of his being with us so that we could be transformed at the soul level and become true children of God at one with God, Christed, just as was shown and demonstrated by our beloved brother, Jesus. And in this is the way he is the Messiah and the way that he is the, sh uh, the Savior is by showing us the way. And that simple way is, of course, as I've said before, open your soul and pray for God's divine love. And I want to just end with one more tiny little tidbit, I guess, before I go. What does this remind you of? What does this exciting truth remind you of? Well, it reminds me, believe it or not, of the story of Pinocchio. The story of Pinocchio. First, he was created as a puppet with, you know, wood and strings. And then he was given the opportunity to become a real live boy, just like his father. Now, obviously, even as human beings, which is the animal part of our nature versus the soul or spiritual part of our nature, we are not puppets nor robots because of the free will. So we've never had those strings attached. But otherwise, you could say that we're creatures who are made in the image of our Father, but not the very essence. But we do have that ability to transform. And we have to go through our trials and tribulations too, maybe, just like Pinocchio did, where there's temptation. And we have the opportunity to learn the difference between the love and the lack of love between following God's laws, using our free will to follow God's laws, and sin and error. So, just food for thought. And the thing about the story of Pinocchio is God's truth will come through in any different way it can find. So, uh, even if it's a children's story. The soul can discern truth through prayer. And that's what I want to encourage everyone to do. Uh, just remember that you are deeply, truly loved by your Creator and that you can experience that love in a way that is so abundant and so full and so rich that you too will be transformed. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.